What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back, season three, all the smoke. We're back, man. Another one, third season, man. We in this bitch. Keep getting this. You money. have a good break. I had a wonderful. So you win the championships and walking streets and yep. doing all that kind of cool shit. Champion as a coach now, but Big you know, champ. had a little time off to just chill. We ain't had as much mm-hmm. time off in a minute, so you haven't. But ready to get back to it. I see you put some pounds on in the off season. Yeah, man. Who you telling? I'm gained by thirty I, pounds. I got a plan for more. you to get back slim. Yeah, I know. I'm back on it. Come work out with me and this dude's uh, trainer. No. Absolutely not? Absolutely not. <laughs> that dude's an animal. I ain't got time for that. Hey, man, it's an honor, a pleasure to kick off season three with uh, the one and only, man, Kevin Hart. How are you, sir? Man, Kevin, good are to you, see man? you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, you coming, man. Oh, man, appreciate I appreciate you. you having me. That mic is kind of big. You all right? <laughs> that mic is like the size you, of your head. There's a lot of stuff in here that I want to talk to you guys about when <laughs> Go I ahead. leave. Just, <laughs> it's not size friendly. It's not size friendly in here. Microphones the size of my goddamn scalp. I don't. I don't like that. Uh, the couch actually is not bad. I didn't know how big the couch situation was going to be, but I, I feel comfortable. My feet are. I have a strong base. You yeah. know, you can still hear the you tone. Hear the tone in my voice. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. But before I get into that, flowers, man. Season three. That's a big deal, guys. Thanks, bro. Season appreciate three, man. It. You guys doing an amazing job. That's Thank why I'm you. here. Yeah, I'm here because of the that. platform. Because of what the platform provides. You guys got a hell of an audience, and it's because of the job that you're doing. So I'll get that out the way. Appreciate, Appreciate that. Thanks, Mission for you. Snoop took a nap on that couch during the show, though. I smell it. <laughs> he said, I smell it. I smell it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. That was y'all business. I was going to keep it there. But I, I smell something that ain't right. <laughs> somebody wasn't right. And I was going to let it fly. I don't know the living situation if you guys are here <laughs> overnight or not, but something ain't right. Yeah, like, you know, up. when you sit down on couches with this material, that's that smell come up. up. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. in here. 
Yeah. It's in there for it's life. Fine. A little bit of Febreze to knock it out. You guys will figure it out. Just keep keep on <laughs> swinging for the fences. Swinging for the fences. Go ahead. While we talk about that, do you remember how when you first met? Where the first meeting? Yes. Where? Uh, we were coming out of some restaurant out here in L.A. and uh, Term just wanted to wrestle with you that night while you were getting in your truck. Yeah, yeah. This you and Term are in the same weight class though. Term, term might be a little bit term, heavier. For some reason, I don't know what it is, man. There's this unannounced code between like smaller men that when you see a other smaller man put hands on him, you go, I'm knocking the fuck. <laughs> it's a it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Like, and it says it's it's in your head. And the other the other little guy know you thinking it too. Because you can see him look at it. Term is that guy. Term is the wrestle. Term is the tussle guy. And you know, the younger days of me in LA, we used to play ball all the time. And that's that's literally that was terms. That was his thing. Will you, let that me, was his shine. Come, come play. Where you at? Come on. Yeah. Tom, I don't want to play, man. He, come on. Let me see. This is two in the morning. It's two, <laughs> two in the morning. We done got liquor in our system. He trying to put me in a full Nelson. So now I got to show that I got some upper body strength. See, people don't actually respect my size. So once I, you know, once you get the, you they do that little push yeah. right there, they can feel it. And it's yeah. all right, all right, chill, 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 chill. <laughs> chill, 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 chill. You really work out. Yeah, okay. chill, 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 hey, chill, our chill. first time really hanging out for the day was on the set of uh, Think Like a Man. I think that was, what, 2011. That was 10-11. Yeah. yeah. 10-11. And I tell you, we just shot a basketball scene, but we were in there three, four hours. But this dude's energy from the jump, like he just made it. A, just a non-stop we had to like kev stop being funny so we could film like our face hurt our you, stomach hurt he was ron artest ron artest lisa leslie rest in peace uh, russell butler that's right russell butler and shannon man. brown yes yes sir and we shot R. that R. thing like russell. a man yeah that's, very that's funny scene though hilarious Unscripted, basically freestyle. Like it, was a, it was a loose a loose idea but uh you know the words and stuff wasn't there so they just let me freestyle but you were funny as shit but then you also it surprised me because you had some game and I then we play. started talking about that you could play, and then I saw. <laughs> I can play. I'm who but then that, I huh? saw one of your high school edits where you were in there for not too long and just had a lot of turnovers. You yeah. punched the wall, looked like you might have broke your hand. It was, one it was just one of them days. It was one of those situations <laughs> where you feel like you're a lot better than what you were at the time. You know, <laughs> if I didn't see that tape until this day, you couldn't tell me shit. You crazy? I hooped in high school, Straight up. nine through twelve. Let me tell you something. This tape surfaced. I may have had, I think I had eight turnovers in twenty seconds, <laughs> and I, I only, I only ran at one speed. It was everything was Bullet. the fastest. It was the Bullet. fastest that you've ever seen. Fastest. No pace. I got good. I actually, I got good after high school. Where's the good film though? Nobody wants to show. The That's good the thing. Paper. I'm telling you, after high school, oh, I when got there's good. no film around. Like I played, I played varsity nine through twelve. My huh. senior year, I had an RA year. Mm-hmm. I could play, but it was nothing to to really brag about. I think I was honorable mention in the public league. It wasn't like our league was that great. Gratz was the team. They got all the attention. Strawberry Mansion uh, has started to to get some. Ronald Flip Murray. Mm, He got got nasty Mm -hmm. the late stages of his basketball career. So, you know, if you wasn't wasn't in that conversation, Lynn Greer, that was about it. So Man, we didn't get out, any attention. Shout out Flip Murray. He was cold. Flip was came, a bad boy. We, we he was came in the draft at the same time. He was a bad boy. Let's get to your upbringing. Born Philadelphia, single parent home. Your, your story has some similarities to mine from a standpoint of my father, too, dealt with addiction, mm-hmm. uh, cocaine addiction. And, and my, my dad was a drug dealer as well. But then 
Oh, he double also dipped. double dip on both. He's burned it on both sides. Jesus Christ! But then also lost my mom to cancer as well in 07. So mm-hmm. tell me about your upbringing, how instrumental your mom was in your upbringing, but then also you being able to mend your relationship with your father once he. Well, just a question for you: How did y'all did y'all ask your dad? Where's the common sense? Did y'all have that talk? Like you we have those, we have those talks now, right. but I don't know back back then. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, I think the toughest thing for me. Probably the biggest, the biggest smack in the face is when you find out your your parent or parents are on drugs. And my dad's thing was a discovery. Everybody else knew but me. You know, I was the only nigga that didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know my brother and them, they all was your dad on drugs. He, no, he not. Yeah, he is. He on drugs. And it was, I saw my dad buying drugs from my friends, and that's when it was like, mm-hmm. oh shit. That's when it was real. Yeah, that's when it was real. That's when it got real. Uh, and then after that, when my dad had the awareness that we knew my dad disappeared. You know, he he left. Because I don't I don't think, well, now I don't think, I know now, he couldn't stomach the fact that we saw and knew what his reality was. So, disappeared. Then I saw my dad years later on a train. True story. On a train. I'm going to school. I went to George Washington. And public transportation was the only way to get to school. So, I'm literally on the train coming from school and I'm getting off at Broadenary and I saw my dad on a train mm. and I'm like, oh shit, dad. And my dad couldn't stomach that he was still in the same place. Left. Pushed away. Mm. So that's when it was like, oh, this is bad. And you know, my brother, I think my brother took it upon himself after a certain period of time to kind of lead the charge and my dad getting help, my brother's older. So from my dad's road to recovery, it was enforced, I can say, by my brother, by the their bout. Because I'm even though I knew I'm still oblivious, that's still dad. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's Regardless. not hitting me, it's mm-hmm. not hitting me crazy hard. Dad is dad. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the things falling apart. I don't see the true damage that my mom and my brother are witnessing. That's still dad. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, I know he's on drugs, but he ain't here. He's doing something else where he's probably getting better. I'm I'm all in the world of denial and crazy assumption. So my dad's return was one of sobriety. Hmm. So, you know, I've never been the grudge holder. Right. Um, my mom was more of the grudge holder. Then my mom got, you know, she got heavily in the God religion, found ways to uh, release that aggression, allow me and my dad to build a relationship. Late stages of my teens, Going into twenties, you know, he was up and down with it, but mm-hmm. I never judged. I never, I never really held a a grudge. So when my dad finally was good, we were good. Never when he wasn't good, we were still good. Yeah. Uh, my brothers was different. My brother, and my dad, you know, they're they're still a little different. They're good, but they're you know, there's still some shit there. But I don't have it in me mm-hmm. to to hold that. It's I heavy. Don't, I don't. It's heavy. I don't. That's a lot. It's heavy. That's a lot to carry them burdens mm-hmm. with you. You know, for the duration of your young adulthood, uh, going into your thirties, you right. know, thirties, thirty-five, and I know some people deal with it. I I'm blessed enough to say that I don't have that. Right. I don't I don't have that ability. So, yeah. uh, me moving forward was all about, hey man, when you good, we're good. And he got good. Here's a house. Mm. Here's a truck. Yeah. You know, here go these grandbabies. Mm-hmm. Here you go, man. Oh yeah, we out for a couple of days too. By the way, hold them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm literally like you know I don't I don't I don't have that uh that problem. So I think for for my dad, I think the happiness from him comes from 
the ability to stand in these mistakes, live in them, mm-hmm. but know that there is no judgment. Yeah, and right. I'm great because of the shit that you did, especially in this monster in LA. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do drugs. You don't, you don't go down that road. Right. I'm a I'm a completely different animal probably. Right. You know, who knows what I'm trying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows what I'm dabbling in? So uh, I credit... I credit a lot of my, you know, reasons to stay away and no, nah, that's not for me to my dad. Yeah. So I find I find the positives yep. and those yep. negatives. Yeah. So when you talk about that. the upbringing, rough it may have been, um, but both manage. You know, I'm a I'm a mama's boy at heart. She did a great job while my dad was going through his shit of holding down the fort, and me and my brother were raised as two amazing men because of her and her devotion. And my dad came in and. Cleaned up what he could when he could. Mm-hmm. You found a safe spot through humor, I think, in your comedy act. You, you're someone who can laugh at yourself, poke fun mm-hmm. at yourself, and, and kind of really be transparent. How early did that come? Because I know my coping mechanism at a young age was staying with friends. I started smoking weed. That was kind of my getaway. What was your kind of, let me get away from just, although I learned from it, the clouds at a young age. Well, I mean, we one thing we share, we all, you know, we all thugs. So, you know, as a, you know, as a young, a young killer that had to, you know, get it together. Cause when I was younger, all I had was these. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I had to put these up. Yeah. You know, I don't even get, get in details about that with y'all. Uh, no man, humor, humor was my way to avoid the bullshit. So I knew everybody that was about that life. I knew everybody that was real. You know, we're talking 15th and Aerie. You're talking, yeah, Erie Ave, yeah, yeah. You, you. I'm in the heart of it, not, mm-hmm. not down the street from it, not three blocks away, not 15. No, I'm in the heart of it. Mm-hmm. I'm in the shit. Uh, and at this time, this is when Erie Ave probably had the most attention that it's ever had. This is when major figures in the mm-hmm. the the world of rap. Uh, you know, shouts out to Gilly at this time, you know, we, we were being put on because of the individual. So the attention that came with that and the, the, the want to prove who and what people were was, was high mm-hmm. at that time. So, um, the only way to be accepted was through that's the funny boy. That's, that's a little, that's a little hard. My brother used to sell drugs. My brother was into the shit. So that's a little Rob Hart brother. That's 40 brother. Mm-hmm. And people just let me be around, but I never overstayed my welcome. In and out, be funny, but I was home before the lights came on. Mm. My mom was very strict. Very, very strict. Very strict. So because I had all these extracurricular activities, I didn't have the same outlets. You know, I didn't have the luxury of staying out all night, just being on the corner, talking shit, joking. I could do it during the daytime. But then at night, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm either at practice swim practice mm-hmm. the only black nigga that was down there swimming <laughs> but you could swim though i could swim my ass off because not everyone is, has a microphone in front of them can swim no they listen the crazy thing is oh you say you, 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 you say what this. you trying to say though? Huh? you can't swim what, at all what are you trying to say can you swim i'm just saying you obviously you knew i couldn't for you to say that oh, oh, you say you you <laughs> do with the shirt on get? The shirt and hey, the shoes hey, on i and can the swim socks as long as socks on. Oh, yeah. i can swim just as long as when i get tired i can stand up what what does that so mean? So what would you have to swim six, if you could stand feet, up? Six eight, I can swim in it. Anything so you can walk. Feet. You can walk in water. No, I can swim. That's not swimming. I can swim until I get tired. I can't. This is what I can't master. Okay, I can't master the dog pedal floating in one place. The what? 
the floating in one place, the little dog. What'd you pedal? call it? What's it called? The dog pedal? What's it called? The dog doggy paddle? What is it called? The dog pedal. I don't know pedal? what you said. The dog pedal. Yeah, what is it? Not that. It's not the dog pedal. Jesus pedal? Christ, pedal? you ain't setting us back right now. God <laughs> damn. God damn. Only one place, God damn it. Boy, it's a group of white people going, told you. Right now. <laughs> told you. They, said that. they all said, told you. Yeah, niggas what... don't swim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we don't skate because we've been skating on thin ice our whole life. We don't do neither of them. I, uh, I had a bunch of extracurricular activities, man. Swimming was definitely one of them. But I've never not been the funny guy. I've never not been uh, entertainment. I've never not been the reason for a laugh. So the world of comedy was, it was always in me. But um, as far as a job and the title for, you know, that I that I saw success in, that was a discovery. Mm -hmm. That came later on when the options were brought up to me. But naturally, that was always the reason to be left alone. Nobody really fucked with me because Kev's the cool guy. Mm -hmm. Leave Kev alone. Y'all just a little Rob Hart, buddy. Funny as shit. Funny. Let Kev come around. Right. Mm -hmm. It was always love. Funny dudes are always welcome. Always. Mm -hmm. Always. No problems. Mm -hmm. Plus, I was a thug. It was a funny combo with the thug. Combo. Who were some of the people that inspired you growing up, like shows or comedians? I mean, I know the, I know the answer is always, you know, you want to go to the biggest comedians, but the biggest inspiration is my mom before you can even get to comedy. Because you got to understand drive when you're talking about entertainment, right? Any, any level of entertainment, any level of accomplishment in life, there's a high level of drive that you need to have in you to attach mm -hmm. to said goal to try to accomplish whatever, right? Are you willing to stay true to it, work on it, and go through the ups and downs to get to whatever the end is? So my mom, the reason I say she was the inspiration because without the constant repetitive conversation of start what you finish mm -hmm. or finish what you start um or you know we don't quit you know what we don't do is leave stories untold i got a bunch of these things in my head from my mom mm -hmm. you know you don't leave room for people to complete the sentences that you left incomplete mm -hmm. finish your sentences mm -hmm. finish the things that you put your mind to that's always stuck with me so i'm now able to look at the people that acted as like, oh my God, I wish, you know, Eddie Murphy's the obvious answer. Right. But at that point, I don't have access to Eddie Murphy. Right. You see what he's doing, but that's not in my reality. I don't think that's, that don't exist. Man, that's crazy. But these comedians that I do see on a day-to-day -day that are living life comfortably, man, these guys are working every weekend. These mm -hmm. guys are getting on stage. That's what I want. That's, how do I get that? Right. So my my individuals, it, it progressed over time. To Ray Gordon, Keith Robinson, you know, these are names that some or most may or may not know, mm -hmm. but this was my reality of consistency. To Ray Gordon, he was at the Laugh House every weekend. He was a host. He was on stage. This guy was funny as hell. Man, I wish. I wish I could tell a joke like that. Mm -hmm. Keith Robinson, going back and forth from Philly to New York. On stage every weekend in New York. Every comedy club loved him. Every owner knew him. Every comedian showed him love. Damn, I wish. How do I get that? Mm -hmm. Then when you get in that, it's like, oh, shit. I'm here. I got that. Mm -hmm. Man, guess who came to the comedy club today? Damon Williams was in here today. Oh, my God. Man, George Wallace, Colin Quinn. Holy shit. Ray Romano, Seinfeld. Oh, my God. 
I'm starting to see bigger and bigger community. I wish. Mm-hmm. Then you get there. Well, now the, the conversations are changing. Now the rocks, the Chappelle's of the world, mm-hmm. you know, it starts to change. So now when things are closer in arm's reach, your your inspiration changes. But I, you know, just giving information, I don't start with the biggest. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't start with the biggest. JB Smooth, mm-hmm. who does Real Husbands of Hollywood with me. I joke with JB all the time. Coming up, JB's laughs that he would get were different. I wish I could get those laughs. God damn, how do I get that? You know, Cat Williams. I remember there was a point where I was touring with Cat. Damn, I wish. Mm-hmm. Wish I could get that. Go down the list. Mike Epps, all these people. There was I was a guy that saw the opportunities from watching simply what was going on in front of me, but I baby stepped it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't the thing that wasn't believable at first. It was the, it was the chopping of it. And, and as I got closer, the different people served as inspiration at different times. You know, you gotta, I think you gotta keep doing that. Like right now, Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. acts as an inspiration. At the top. I mean, this motherfucker just keeps churning them out. I don't know where the fuck he's getting it from. He just keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. Another special, another this, another that. It's not like I don't work hard. What the fuck is Dave doing? God <laughs> damn. <laughs> Dave, what are you doing? I'm in my jello, man. <laughs> I'm focused. My jello. <laughs> I love it. It's yeah. inspiration, rock, inspiration. Right. So I love to find drive um, and and reason for self-input from watching, you know, other people grind, other people get after it. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's no, no, no hate that exists from uh from OK Heart. It's that's, only envy and love. That's dope. And I find fire within that. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. 
Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Obviously today, being one of the biggest comedians in the world, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, your grind, your struggle, obviously was tough. Talk to us about your first gig, because I know that didn't start off too well. Shit, first stand-up gig? Mm-hmm. First stand-up gig, first bad one? First bad one is a famous story, Sweet Cheeks. It was a, uh, a male strip club. I didn't even know at the time. It was, it was called Sweet Cheeks. It's called Sweet Cheeks. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I take what you can get. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said you got to take what <laughs> nah, you hold on. can get. You didn't know it was a male strip club. I didn't know it was. It was in Atlanta City. It was called Sweet Cheeks. It's called Sweet Cheeks. Okay. Very well could have been a place that serves apples. <laughs> I mean, you I fuck no. You don't know. <laughs> Sour Patch Kid. I don't know. It could have been anything. could have been a candy house for all I know. They said they wanted to have a comedy show. I was one of the comedians. I'm out. I'm going. There. At Sweet Cheeks. Listen, man. <laughs> what did you have to wear? I performed at a bowling alley and they was throwing strikes while I was doing punchlines. I can give you I can give you bad stories. I did a crab shack. <laughs> I performed at a crab shack and I could hear niggas cracking crabs while I was mid joke. Yes, man. So the thing with me is <laughs> Oh, you you got that's a big one, man. <laughs> that's a big one, man. Yo, you in the back. Can y'all hear me? All right, just checking. You see people picking up crabs, slapping. I've been in some shit. Uh, Sweet cheeks was definitely the worst, though. Sweet cheeks, it was this raunchy. It was just. It might have been some of the worst, just vulgar people, man. Uh, and they didn't want comedy. These people didn't want comedy. Like it was just a mixture of people that came to drink, and the the comedy in the comedy show was the shit that they would give the comedians. That was the comedy. It wasn't the comedians. The comedy was was them fucking with the comedians. And it was what what comedians are bold enough to go. So, you know, I, I was never a bitch about it. I'm a go. You came with your shit? Yeah, I'm like, I'm a go. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. And I the first the first time was rough. Dude threw a threw a chicken wing at me. That's a true story. Threw a buffalo wing at connected. me. Connected. I never forget. Sauce and everything. Pat. <laughs> in your God. face. Pat. Connected. Flush. Damn. Flush. A little sauce got in my eye a little bit. That's just done. Try to man. Now who the fuck threw it? You know. At the end of the day, I'm a man. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. You can hear it in the back. <laughs> fuck off the stage. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Y'all can. Yeah. All right. You know. Politely put the mic back in the stand. Walk Politely. off. <laughs> And I remember that was that was the moment though. That was the that was the moment where I sat in my car. I sat in my car. It was me and this guy named Big J. And you know we were the ones. Right that after like, you left Sweet Cheeks, he was in the car with Big J. In the car with Big J. It was his okay. name. I know. I know it sounds fucked yeah. up. But this is the I'm truth. Just trying to make sure we stay on track. I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna run from it. I'm tell the truth. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have me fucking go to an alternate route based off of this nonsense. I'm gonna stay with it. Uh, we we in the car. And, and you know, this that was like one of the moments where it was like, fuck this shit, man. Mm. People throwing chicken and shit. How old are you at this point? I think I'm, I'm maybe 19. Oh, yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. You know, this is, this, this ain't it. It ain't supposed to be this. This is where, this is what it's going to be. You know, $20. Mm. Driving up here for $20, $30, some food. And I was like, you know what? I'm going back. I'm I'm going to go back. And I ended up going back to Sweet Cheeks a couple of times because they had hard times booking comedians. Nobody wanted to go. So they only took the people that would come because the list was small. And I remember the numbers started to grow a little bit, like $50. They start offering more money. 
50, $75. And I went, I started just handling the crowd differently. And it got to the point where they started fucking with me. Mm-hmm. Showed me love. The host so. that was once there, he didn't want to do it no more. I said, I'll do it. I'll host. I'll bring the comedians. And I ended up flipping the room. So the room that didn't like comedy started to love comedy. Mm-hmm. And the comedians that didn't want to go, I started to get to come, but I would set the room up better. Mm-hmm. So comedians were having successful sets, and I was known as the guy that was running Sweet Cheeks for a minute. But that was the that was my moment of I'm 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 going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Find it. There, there's it no fun. there's no environment that I'm not going to be comfortable in. Right. If I found comfort in this, right? And you know, for a while it was going back and forth and just doing that. But that was like my workout room for a minute, and you couldn't tell me nothing. I was happy. Mm-hmm. I was happy. But then when I started to go to New York and then I flipped it and I went mainstream, now you're getting the opposite, right? I'm used to being vulgar. I'm used to really being in your face, yelling, doing X, Y, and Z. Well, I saw that I didn't have to. I could be more reserved if I had to learn how to flip those rooms. Mm-hmm. And then I found the balance and I would just do both. So when most were staying true to one side, I was versatile. I was doing it all. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up just saying, okay, no more sweet cheese. I'm just going to New York. And in New York, I found the rooms that were on the same line as sweet cheeks. And I would do those and I would still do the mainstream rooms. And then I kind of figured out the balance in between. So I didn't have to change from this person to this person. There's you. And then I could just be myself. Mm-hmm. That's how I figured it out. Mm-hmm. But sweet cheeks was definitely the worst fucking environment that I've ever been in. It hit me with a buffalo wing. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Never forget it. <laughs> Fuck my face up. I'm sorry. How did you come up with your own style? Like, was it just natural? No, you 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 go through that phase where you try to imitate what you think is good. Mm-hmm. I was being a character of what I thought was funny. And J.B. Smooth, once again, shout out to J.B. Smooth, was a big part of that. Chris Tucker, early on in Chris Tucker's career. Chris mm-hmm. Tucker, you know, these people had such an impact that when you watched them, you were like, that's what I got to do. Right. I got to do some of that. JB was so physical. I was like, that's what I got to do. I got to be physical. And you're trying to do this stuff, but you're not being yourself. And self is a discovery, right? Like when you, when you finally get comfortable enough to go, I'm, I'm, I'm funny, me. All I got to do is be me. Let them know who I am. Talk about me. It's going to work. It didn't hit until I was doing longer shows. I started doing these colleges and I was doing like 30 minutes, 45 minute shows and I was running out of material. I had no more material. All the jokes that I wrote, they were, you know, they were falsified. You ever, you ever see somebody, man, I can't stand when mm-hmm. black people, but white people, it was a bunch of that shit. And I had nothing. And it was like a 15 minute stretch where I just started talking about my day of getting to the school, all the shit that I had to go through. I was in like Bismarck, North Dakota. We had to do a rental car drive. I was in a Dodge Neon driving through a, a storm and we barely made it to the show. We was in a motel, but I was just talking about the day. People were rolling right. at my natural conversation, but I was being myself. It wasn't a an added voice on, it was nothing. And I was like, this is what I need to tap into. This is the, this is the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And once I figured that out, I kind of hit the ground rolling and that was around the time where Grown Little Man. I started putting that hour together for Grown Little Man. And that was that was when I figured out I don't have to be a character of this 
version of funny that I think exists. It should come from just me being myself. Once I hit that, the ball was out of the park. Got it. I didn't look back. Coming up in an age that didn't have or wasn't able to use social media and the internet the way we did, how was promoting yourself back then when you were first coming up? Comic named Dane Cook. Dane Cook. I remember Dane Cook. Dane Cook when MySpace was big, right? MySpace had just hit. And it was all about the page. It was all about your MySpace page. It was all about, you know, comments and going back and forth. I don't even think it was comics. I think it was your inbox. You had like an inbox and people could message you. You can message people. And he was just crushing. You know, he was the biggest guy going at the time. And I found out. What he was doing was, you know, he had email lists. He had he had like email lists, and every time he went back to this place, he would send blast out. I'm coming back. And he built this relationship with these people time after time. And as I was coming up, you know, I believe that people give you a blueprint for you to understand and and grow from it. Information is free. Right. You know, you choose to use it, right? That's that's up to you. That's your yeah. personal cost. If you don't see the value. And free information, well, that's that's you. Mm-hmm. I see the value in information. So I, I started going to comedy clubs, and I had little cards, information cards. I would leave them on the tables. At the end of my show, I was like, fill out the information cards. Fill them out. People would do it. We would come around. I would pick them all up, and I would put a, a little paper clip on them, and I would put Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And then we would go to my computer, and we would put Cincinnati, put all the emails in. And did that for every city on the comedy club. Now, granted, these are half full rooms. They're not, they're not big rooms. But then I'm right back after I just left. So this comedy club tour went like six to eight months. I did them all. All right, it's time to go back out. Let's go the same route that we went last time. Cincinnati, I'm coming yeah, back. Right. Holy shit, the room grew. Damn, we like three quarters full. We almost sold out. It ain't selling out. We were like three quarters full. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's like this everywhere we go. And the people, the people are coming back. All right, well, first things first, we got to get new material. You can't. Recycle your You can't shit. come back and mm-hmm. recycle. They're coming back. Okay, that's learning lesson number one. Let's write some jokes. Let's get some shit. All right, time to go back. Hit them up again. Now I'm selling out. I'm selling out multiple shows. More people are coming out, but these people telling other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a relationship. I have a relationship with my... Oh, this is a fan base. This is the definition of a fan base. I got one. It's growing. I need to be consistent with this. I I didn't stop that until social media got big. That was my way of connecting. That's how I got to theaters. That's how I got out of comedy clubs. It was from the constant connection and interaction with my comedy fan base. And... Once social media started to get bigger, well, you no longer needed the email addresses because you had an at name. Mm-hmm. So those people followed you. So now I'm just saying, Cincinnati, I'm coming back. And everybody that follows me is looking. And the people from Cincinnati that follow me, well, they all know I'm on social media because I, I blasted all my stuff out to them. So when I first joined, I got my whole email list. I'm sending all them. Here's my Twitter name. Follow me on Twitter. Well, those numbers started to shoot up. So now I'm just following the same agenda. So social media just gave me access to what I was already working hard to have access to. Mm-hmm. I just never, easier. I never like, I never went away from it. Until this day, I don't, I don't go away from it. So whether it's 
comedy movie, whether it's something I'm producing, whether it's an event, whatever, I have a direct relationship with my fan base. And I and I think that's a major key to success in today's time. You know, your ability to market, promote, uh, and not necessarily be available, but just be present to those that want to see your presence. It's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Starting at Cheeks. To go know, let's just, wait a second. Let's just, <laughs> sweet let's cheeks. Just, like, oh, sweet cheeks. Just, well, maybe we just call it. I thought it was Mike Cheeks. Maybe we just call it Sweet Cheeks. Sweet Cheeks to. Maybe we just call it a comedy, a comedy room, right? Sweet Cheeks, a male strip club. Yeah, well, it was. I'm just, you know, but that's just me being honest with you guys. Yeah, we appreciate that. I feel like always wrong here. But starting there and eventually, like you said, working your way out of comedy clubs to theaters to now, you're doing stadiums. Tell us about that process. What you've learned about yourself and just. Do you ever have an awe moment? Because both being retired athletes, we did a lot of great things in our career, but you never got to appreciate them until you got a chance to sit back. Sit back. Obviously, you're still in the mix mm-hmm. daily, routine, grind. Mm-hmm. Do you ever just sit back and like, motherfucker, I'm just sold out, so-and-so. Motherfucker, I'm chocolate drop. No, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he had to check some people like, on social media like three weeks ago and lay out all his stats. I was like, yeah, Kev, get well, you that know ass, what, man? Kev. It's- I'll tell you the part that you have to like, the part that you got to really, you got to take two steps back and just refrain from, right? Mm. I think the accomplishments are surreal. I can't believe that telling jokes has taken me to this place that I now am in in life in my career, right? There's no real blueprint. You can see what other people have done, but it's not guaranteed that that's going to work for you. Right. Right? Right. Like I said, it's just information. So what people put on display, you can take in and go, that's dope. They did it this way or it was done this way. Damn. Okay. I want to follow this. I'm going to try this, but then I want to manipulate it to make it my own. You can, you can kind of create your own lane after following your lane and then you break off into whatever space and, and maneuver however you very much feel and, and want to. Mm-hmm. It happens so fast. I told you I was in the comedy clubs and I was working these these email addresses, that was, it was work. Me and my team going to malls, passing out flyers. I was really my man on the street. I did the work. Right. So when you look up and they go, oh shit, you sold out four shows at the comedy club. We're going to add two. Oh, okay. Dope. Yo, we we're adding, you're at 10 shows for the weekend. Huh? What do you want to do? You want to do three, three, three and three. I'm at 12 shows. On a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Damn. Wait, what? Does this happen? No. Yo, you, this is crazy. You coming back again next year? Uh, I think so. Kev, I want to talk to you about theaters. Okay. Should we do it? Let's try it. Oh, fuck. We just sold out two shows. This theater sold out three shows. Oh, shit. Man, we doing the theaters. Let's go to arenas. No, not yet. I got to understand this theater shit. I do a run in the theaters. Well, we're doing three and four shows. Kevin, you got to do arenas. Like, mm. we're, we're missing out on opportunity. No, I'm going to wait. I do the theaters. I, I write. Then I go to the arenas. Holy fuck. We're doing two and three shows in arenas. Damn. <laughs> so now you, you, you look up and you're averaging, you know, 30,000, 40,000 people. This is going through laughing my pain. Let me explain what now. Irresponsible. Those tours, that's over an eight-year period. Put a two-year gap in between. I, 
my numbers never dropped. Yeah, you crushed it. So you're looking at an eight-year run. By the way, it's still not over. Mm. I just don't have time to go out right now. Mm-hmm. The pandemic and all that stuff, I didn't have time to go out then. Don't fuck this up. That special I did in four weeks. I put together in four weeks. Mm. I just put an hour together. I was like, yeah, I'm pandemic, people need some content. If I get like a little place to work out, I'll put an hour together fast. I did it. Put it out. Mm-hmm. I still very much can go out on the road, but it's like now, fuck. I now get to look back and go, oh shit. Look at the numbers, Kevin. Look at the look at the fucking numbers. Look at the stadium. I was I had a microphone. I didn't have a ball. Uh, a, like there was no game. It was I had a microphone for an hour and a half. I did a football stadium. Crazy. Goddamn, God. That's 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 a little insane. So I'll I'll be honest, the pandemic really had me sit down, and that's when I got to look back. Mm, reflect a little. Because yeah. I've been running so fast, I've been haul ass, and I've yet to really sit and look. So this this run that was supposed to be a a, a, a moment of fame. Well, I mean you. You're you're 15, 16 years of it now. Hmm. So from movies to stand up and everything, it's a little crazy to go, wow, how do we get here? And now that you're here, well, now the game changes. Because now it's not about how you got here. It's about staying there. Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to stay there? Mm-hmm. And it's about the the constant conversation attached to you and what you were and what you used to be and what you did and not what you are now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like now you're in a conversation of growth and maturity and life differences. And well, I'm at a different place creatively, mm-hmm. but people want to, you know, you're, well, we want, where's, where's this nigga? Well, mm-hmm. he, <laughs> and he was 24. He grew up a little bit. He's, he was 28. He was 30. I'm 42. I'm involved. involved. Yeah. 42. Like, you know, my environment's changed. Mm-hmm. So we, we had a conversation before and, you know, they were like, what are you going to call the next special? And I was like, I'm going to call it confused. Like what, what, at this point, what do you. Right. What else do you do? So I now look at it from a different lens and I'm so envious of Chappelle and where he is because he's found his second gear in creative. He's found that second gear. He was already a star, went away, and then he, he rebuilt his star. Will Smith was already a star, mm-hmm. went away, came back, rebranded and built his star. That's what stars fucking do. Mm-hmm. Stars know how to be stars. Right. That's why I'm a fucking star. Mm-hmm. Watch this. So now it's like, I'm going to do stand-up, but I got I to gotta find the thing. I got to get the, the next bump of the thing so I can be excited about the thing. Right. The movies are getting bigger, but I'm also excited at the fact that I'm, I'm producing them. Mm-hmm. I'm creating them. I'm excited that I got a company that, I'm a partner to these motherfucking monsters now. That's my excitement. Mm-hmm. Radio, talking, understanding people. Well, you that's my excitement. The business side of the business. The business side of the business. So, you know, the beauty of fucking getting older is the growth. Right. So when you talk about looking back, I look back at it, but 
I can't duplicate none of that shit no more. Right. Because you're not the same person. I'm not the same. I can't do that shit no more. I don't I may not ever see that that level of heat again, but I can find a level of fun in the craft and 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 then find the level of balance that I want to have with where I am in life now. Mm-hmm. But that shit is unheard of. If you go look at those fucking numbers, mm-hmm. people have no idea. It's number ones across the fucking board. Tours, comedies, biggest. Go look at it. It's unheard of. Mm-hmm. When you go look at the the list for stand-up specials and the top three, top ten, I'm in there three times. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. I ain't getting back there. They're going to sit my stupid ass down on the stool and figure it out. All right. Because I can't chase that. So the pandemic made me realize that. It made me just sit in the moment of being blessed enough to have seen that and now find new success in what this, What's what this stage like? yeah, presents. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's That for me is the is the most mind-blowing thing about looking back and you know for you guys i'm quite sure it's the same like you said y'all both retired i watched the goddamn malice in the palace shit you forget i, I watched it on tv mm-hmm. my appreciation for the moment now is different yeah. looking back at it you go that was history that's a moment in history goddamn i remember that mm-hmm. i was alive and witnessed history that's excitement for me mm-hmm. being able to look back and reflect on things like that and in life, in my career, that's where I'm at mentally. And finding the new gear, the new reason, that's the priority. But it's not until I get that that I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Your time. All, and all, all, I, I just think about it. all that coming from Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers. Class. Paper Soldiers. Man. I'm going to tell you who's going to love this. Shouts Class out to Dame it. Dash. Shout out to Dame. Shouts out to Dame Dash for Paper Soldiers and a fucking brilliant accident. Right place, right time. I'm at a comedy club. Dame just happens to be sitting in the comedy club. Sees me perform. Yo, that dude funny as shit. Yo, you want to do a movie? They didn't have the movie fucking together at the time. Right. You just do telling me something. I don't know what to believe. Cool, yeah. Let me get your number. Follow through. The movie ends up happening. Paper Soldier's the reason why I got tapes, audition tapes, pilots. You know, that's a classic. It's a fucking hood classic. Absolutely. A hood classic. Classic. <laughs> Shout out to Smokey. Shout out to Beans. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. I mean, Charlie Murphy, RIP. That's what, early? To us, 2001, 2002-ish? Shit, yes. That's yeah. very early 2000s. Yeah. 2000, maybe 2000, 2003, 2004. I think I had just got in the league when that shit dropped. 2003, 2004. Mm. All, all, of my, all of my classics in the beginning were successful uh, bootlegs and flops. Soul Plane was supposed to be the biggest movie ever. And ended up being the biggest bootleg of all time. But it's still classic, though. It's a classic. It's but that's how, classic. that's what got me the yeah. comedy club gigs. Yeah, So you, you take that movie away, and if it doesn't get bootlegged the way that it did, it's not going to have the box office success that it had. Right. The movie traveled because of the bootleg market. Mm-hmm. So my fame, my fame grew from the bootlegs. Yeah, it was lucky. Right. I got fucking lucky. Right projects, right time. What was the transition for you like coming into acting early on from being a comedian? Another accident. You don't you don't see it happening. I, I wish that I could fucking have the the best stories of this was my plan. And this is when I knew it would happen. Mm-hmm. 
All all right place, right time. Were you acting before Dame saw you with Paige Paper? No. So you weren't acting before then? No. Yeah. It's the first thing I've ever done. First camera that was ever put in my face. How <laughs> crazy, Paper dog. Service. First camera I ever put in my face. First lines that somebody ever told me to read back. No, no fucking like real practice was ever put into the craft. Nothing. I was thrown in there and I just so happened to do the job. After doing that, it was, oh shit, this is what happens after. Because you hear about it, you see it. Remember Def Jam, comedians did Def Jam and the ones that really popped, they went on to be movie stars, mm -hmm. right? You go and you really look at the, the trajectory that's attached to comedy. Well, comedians were supposed to pop on these, on these big comedy shows, be it Def Jam, Comic View at the time. Mm -hmm. And from that, you were supposed to get a TV show or a movie. If you were good enough, one of those opportunities would come. So if you really go down the list, yeah. look at Bernie Mac, the Bernie Mac show. Look at Cedric the Entertainer. Look at Steve Harvey. Look Martin, at D.L. Hughley. Martin. You look at Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Chris Tucker, Mike Epps. Mm -hmm. Kat, you look at these things. They all, all of the big pop came from that first, that first bang. And if your first bang was correct, and if it was loud enough, this is what was supposed to come with it. Mine didn't happen like that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that. I saw other people get that, but I, it wasn't. Didn't seem like it was going to be my reality. I was doing those. Right. I did the Def Jam later on, but by the time I did it, it wasn't Def Jam. Right. The 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 big bang behind the name wasn't there. It was still Def Jam. But you said it like that, Def Jam. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it was Def Jam. Mm -hmm. You got to see Def Jam. It wasn't that. Right. BT Comic View. I did it. It wasn't Comic View. Mm -hmm. Ricky Smiley. Mm -hmm. When they had it, when, they, when those big names were going through it, it was different. But by the time I came along, it was, you know. Watered down a little It was bit. just watered down a little yeah. bit. The opportunities weren't the same. So I didn't know where that opportunity was going to come from. Mine came from Caroline's Comedy Club, Dame Dash seeing me. I do Paper Soldiers. I get a tape. I end up getting other auditions. I somehow auditioned my way into several pilots that failed. That's another story of just failed fucking pilots. I go do Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. When I do the festival, I get a lot of heat from the industry. This is Hollywood. Uh, mainstream Hollywood. Get a deal. This is supposed to be it. Get a TV show. TV show gets picked up. I'm about to be a star. I got my show. Here it comes. Show fucking gets uh, dropped while I'm at the upfronts. Upfronts are where they announce your new TV show. Mm -hmm. They're about to announce me. I'm about to go up. Somebody put their hand on my chest. Mr. Hart, wait a minute. I'm sorry. You're not going up. Somebody will be back to talk to you. My manager comes running back. They're not picking up the show. What the fuck? They just said this. Wait, but, wow. but I'm here. What you mean you're not picking it up? I'm in New York. I flew the whole cast down, used my money. This is the biggest moment of my life. What do you mean? I'm ABC, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. The big house. Kevin, you got to move. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Right here. One hand on this. You got to move. You, Kennedy's, you're up. Mm, I like that. The business. <laughs> that moment's over. All right. Then Soul Plane comes. Soul Plane's it. Here it comes. So playing get bootleg. God damn, what's going on? He's done. We're not giving no more chances. 
That was my starring movie. That was my starring TV show. Both flopped. I went back to stand up, grinded, stayed true to the road. My numbers got big. Will Packer saw me at an airport. Once again, fucking accidental success. I just so happened to be coming while Will Packer's gone. At the time, Will Packer did Stomp the Yard. Uh, I believe that he did Takers. I believe that Takers was was the movie with Idris Alba. T.I. Uh, T.I. Mm-hmm. I think that was his it's other wrong, one. Yeah. Um, and he had another one. He had a he had um he had one more that he had did with uh Clint Culpepper and Screen Gems. And he said, dude, I got a movie for you. I heard about all the stuff that you're doing on the road and comedy. I got a movie called Think Like a Man. Keep in mind, I've been doing all these little guest spots in these movies, but nothing's sticking. Along came Polly, Scary Movie, three, four. I mean, I'm just, I'm just in shit. Like, mm-hmm. Along came Polly was funny as fuck. It's funny, but I'm just in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's yeah. not like I'm, right. I'm an actor right. in it. I'm just in it. Like these are all blurbs and moments. I'm like, well, this is what it's gonna be. I'm going back to comedy because this ain't, this don't look like it's gonna be it. Will Packer, I thought he was just another producer talking. Calls me back. Think like a man, and you want to do it? I'm in. Think like a man becomes the biggest success ever, and I popped in the movie. I had a great cast, and that cast set me up. They just kept giving me lives all day. How lives. high was the hoop you was dunking on? I mean, well, this time, you know, this is probably when I was in my height prime. Your prime? Yeah, I was about <laughs> five my four. Height prime. I was about five four and a half. I was filming that movie. Throwing lives but, like eight foot hips. <laughs> it was like eight, eight, eight like Shaq. Uh, but you know, we had a great cast: Taraji, Gab, mm-hmm. Megan, Michael Ely, Romney Malco, Jerry, Gary, our, our sweet mate, Gary, Gary Owens. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. But Tim Story directed, and this movie it, it blew. Movie was twelve million dollars to make. We ended up doing like ninety plus million in the box mm-hmm. office. All of a sudden, people think Kevin Hart's the guy. Well, I've been around for a long time. Right. I didn't just come out of nowhere. But now, Will Packer say, I got another movie for you. All right. What is it? Ride Along. Hmm. All right, me and Q. Well, the script been around for years. They could never crack the code. Cube figures out that I'm into it. Cube puts his hand on it. Hmm. He's a great producer. Shaped, molded, managed it correctly. Next thing I know, Ride Along happens. Movie costs twenty million dollars to make. We do one fifty in the box office. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! People fucking with OK Heart. They come back. You want to do another ride along? I sure fucking do. Well, when? What you mean? <laughs> when, when? When? Will Packer go? Well, before we do that, we're gonna do a movie called About Last Night. Mm-hmm. Me and Regina Hall. We just keep on knocking out these movies. And I just keep on hitting. That's his celebrity crush. Just don't say her name too much. Regina Hall. Yeah, just, that's a celebrity crush. Get out of here. You know, I'm working with it right now. We're doing a movie called Me Time. Yeah, that's what I said, if you don't mind. Come he on, get, man. He, 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 get, he getting red. He getting blushed. Can you just believe changed. it? <laughs> this whole demeanor just changed. Everything just changed. to a teddy yeah, bear. Yeah, it just got it? real weird over there. I'm, it did. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> I say, don't say her name too much around me. I'm going to tell you, you said hi. But Regina Hall, pound for pound, funniest female man. on camera. Nobody, mm. and, and I say that confidently. Nobody can hold a match to Regina. So now I'm getting, I'm getting these... I'm getting these partners and everything's going correctly. Well, domestic, we're crushing. How do I get international? Mm. Me and Will Ferrell, we go do Get Hard. After that, me and DJ, we go do Central Intelligence. So it just kept, it just kept on growing and getting bigger. But I will give a shout out 
to my my partner, my brother Will Packer, mm -hmm. because when we knocked the first one out the park, nobody taught me to produce or what to do next. He saw that we did an amazing job in this. He went and created and found these opportunities, and he kept on bringing them. He kept on bringing them. I did about six movies with Will Packer, mm -hmm. back to back to back to back. No, Will's broke, don't Will, fix it. Will's dope. I didn't, I didn't change it at all until this day. Me and Will, we pride ourselves on still working together, still developing projects, uh, still producing together. But my all the knowledge and understanding that I have for that world, it came from Will Packer. Took me the game inside and out. Mm. You named three big names that I kind of want to touch on real quick. Before. First. Will Ferrell, what was it like working oh, yeah. with him? Hey, funniest guy. Please tell me how how hard was it to get through Will, your lines with him, bro? Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell is the funniest. He he may be the funniest person on two feet. I'm talking naturally. Classic. I'm talking no. I'm talking. I'm talking showing up from from showing up to work. Yeah. To going home. Nicest guy in the world, but I'm I'm talking, I'm talking a different gear, a different gear with funny. There's nobody, nobody close, no nobody close. He will was show up like everything was a bit, so you you got to figure out that he's in a bit. Like when you show up at work, he's like, "Morning, you eat breakfast?" <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I ain't eat breakfast. Oh, why not? I don't, I didn't, I didn't want breakfast. You gotta eat breakfast. I don't, no, I don't. I don't want to. Not if I want to. You gotta. <laughs> I'm like, no. like you know, I'm talking regular. He's in a bit though. The he's just time. he's just gonna see how long I go back and forth. He went on with this breakfast conversation. He's like, I'm not gonna start till you get something. <laughs> I'm like, what? You gotta put something on your stomach. Put something on your stomach. I'm not gonna start working with you till you put something in your stomach because you're not gonna be your best oh, without breakfast. He starts fucking going, Greg. <laughs> Wake up some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> load him up. <laughs> like, load him up. Load him up. <laughs> like, bring this fucking plate and it's got like everything, everything on it. Pancakes, oatmeal. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> I dig in. He's fucking funny, man. There's nobody, nobody close. Nobody close to Will Ferrell. I love it. Nobody oh, close. Man. The Rock. I, I love you guys' dynamic because there's just such a big physical difference, but you mm -hmm. guys play off that so well in everything you do. DJ DJ's a a talented guy, and we we get along so well because we find similarities in how we approach the the craft. Right, like we have a mutual respect and understanding for where we've come from to where we are now. And when we when we met. DJ was having crazy international success. I was having crazy domestic success, right? So his 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 road to becoming that international movie star it was it was clear. Like he he was on his way. Um, on the domestic side, I was crushing. Mm -hmm. So we we met. I think we met at like a it was an MTV Movie Awards. We met backstage and we talked and we was like, dude, we got to figure it out. We got to do something together. And we were we we were true to that. We tried to figure it out. And the reason why, because we wanted those two things to combine. And that's what Central Intelligence was about. Central Intelligence was about us coming together and trying to find a comedy that could take us over the water internationally while fulfilling the need for comedy domestically. Because at the time, you know, comedy was low key, was low key dying. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you if you go look back at that 
time frame in comedy, there there weren't a lot of successful comedies. Uh, you had um, Wahlberg's movies with Farrell um, that were crushing. Um, you know, you had me and Packers movies that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, the hangovers that came, mm-hmm. uh, a couple times far few and in between were crushing, but the attempt for comedy from so many others, it was, it wasn't doing well. So international, they didn't think that it could translate, especially if you had like, you know, people of color in it. Mm-hmm. So our reason for doing that was to show that we're on the opposite side of that conversation that we could very much do it. Central Intelligence ended up being our reason for continuing a relationship. We had a great time filming it, crazy success, and then we went on and kept it going. Jumanji's and the, your weight room sessions where you're getting fake blood and putting chains around your neck and the hook. Right. I've been carrying them ever since. It's his secret <laughs> weapon. My, my back hurts from carrying Dwayne the DJ. Rock yeah. Uh, you just say Rocky said DJ. Right. That's that. That's, that means that means <laughs> yeah, you're tight. That's the homie. That means, you know, that means the homie. You're. Anybody, obviously, you're coming up and, and you're a star in your own world, but then you're crossing into this other world. Anybody you were in awe working with for a second until Regina Hall? Uh, so <laughs> Regina Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll go behind the uh, I'll go behind the lens, and I'll say Donna Langley from from Universal. Um, who just a, a monster when it comes to business and and the way that she worked her relationships with talent to execs to other studios i i was i was very um i was blown away by her approach to the the business craft right and what i learned from her without her probably even knowing it was the true world of marketing, PA, uh, promotion development. Her and Peter Kramer. I'm going to shout out Peter Kramer too. Um, That universal identity at that point served as amazing partners for me um, and and really helped elevate my success. So for me, it it wasn't about the talent. It was about the understanding of the business. Mm. Because my thing is I don't want to be a work for hire. Mm -hmm. How, how, How do I become a partner? So I was really trying to attach myself to the brains that could that could really help this partnership. And I would say uh, Universal, Donna Langley, Peter Kramer, Ron Meyer, Jeff Shell, that whole group at the time, they allowed me to really generate that partner-like relationship to the point where now, moving forward, fast forward to where I am now, company and everything built, well, I'm a partner. Oh, so big. now I'm with Netflix, but the knowledge and stuff that I have and the company and foundation that we've built um, at Heartbeat is is one that's put us in position to execute. So, you know, the movies and stuff that we're doing with Netflix are amazing, but all that knowledge and stuff came from the information and 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 I can say like love that I got from Universal. So that's who I was envious of. That's, that's who that's who showed me the business world. Packer too, because he was in that bubble. You touched on what I was heading to next outside of just being the talent. Now you're in the business of the business. So talk to me real quick about uh, the three companies you founded, Heartbeat Productions, Laugh Out Loud Network, and Heartbeat Ventures. Mm-hmm. Hove inspires me. Jay Brown inspires me. And it's because outside of the thing that they did, they they found new success in being in the rooms that we weren't supposed to be in, mm-hmm. right? Which is huge. It's fucking massive. 
So you don't know about these rooms that exist, right? You don't by by you don't I'm talking about our culture. We're not we're not privy to certain environments because they don't exist for us. They're they're far few and in between. Um, but when it comes to that other side of revenue, when it comes to the other side of business relationships, well, the success that's over there is over there for a reason because it's all connected. And I was like, well, how, how, do, how do I get there? How do I get over there? What are the moves that, that people are truly making? And what is it that I'm not seeing or that I'm not getting? What did other people not see or get? And not on purpose, what wasn't given to them right, the opportunity. For, for them to understand that that existed. And I learned it was all about ownership. You know, what, what can you own versus not own? How much can you actually control? What, what IP can you develop? What, what are your resources to control your world, your brand? And I started to figure out ownership within myself. And I used the ownership within myself to find ownership within my entity. And that entity became another entity mm-hmm. because I figured out, well, here's film, here's production, this but this it. can be distribution. Mm-hmm. This can be streaming. Holy shit. This can be audio. Oh my God, this is another world, you know. Uh, me and Charlemagne, we just started a, a a company with Audible where we created a company, Audible acts as our partners, but we own this company and we were like, well, in the world of audio, especially within books, uh, there's a there's a, a a gap between our culture and the rest of the world that's listening to books. And why is that? I don't think anybody's telling the right stories or giving the right material, the right opportunity for us to truly engage in the world of audio reading, right? Which is listening while you're working or doing whatever. So Charlemagne and I came up with a great concept. We executed it, but these all act as entities, heartbeat ventures. Well, investing is real. You know, once again, our culture, this information isn't given to us about money, about financial gain, right? Financial literacy is real, but it's also because of void. So I got great partnerships. Chase Chase Bank is my real partners. All right, well, we can do our job in trying to figure out this financial literacy gap. Let's let's go to communities, give the information. At the same time, or within Heartbeat Ventures, I now have access into these other rooms. Well, we invest in the right things. We back the right companies. Our growth becomes high level growth with awareness and understanding that allows other people to see what I've done, mm-hmm. to see that it's not something that's impossible. It's about getting the information. So now that I have it, I give it. So all of these things act as my ecosystem, my brand. Literature, audio, movies, TV, distribution, right? Then that branches off into ambassador roles uh, and uh, other companies that you can own. So what else do I want to do? All right, well, I'm getting in the world of alcohol. If you have to do that, I'm going to fucking release a goddamn amazing brand. Um, That's TBD that's coming out. What else can I do? Well, what do I fucking like? I like watches. Okay, well, I need to fucking figure out my watch relationship. Me and AP are going to launch something amazing. Mm, Okay, within fragrance and the the world of fragrance, lotions. Well, I'm a guy that I like to be fucking clean. I like to smell good. Mm. I like products. Well, if these things exist... And this is what I use. Why can't I embed them in my ecosystem? So many people are afraid to not do things because of the response. Right. What you don't realize is that without no effort, there's no reward. I'm heavy on the effort. Mm-hmm. So all of those entities that exist, 
are all based off of effort. And, you know, I've been blessed enough to create a crazy ecosystem with a great team. And, you know, until this day, we seem to be riding. But that's my priority now, growing and, and having something that stands crazy, crazy, crazy high at the end of the day that my family, when it's all said and done, they take and they then do. That's yours. Yes, that's ours. That's like yours, this, That's right. what doesn't doesn't happen. Right. Right. We, we, we don't know the world of grow and sell. We know the world of hire and get hired. But we should be a part of the grow and sell conversations as well. And I'm starting to see them happen more and more. But when I look at Tyler, when I look at Oprah, when I look at Hove, when I look at, you know, Beyonce, who's doing amazing shit as well. Well, you know, these conversations are only attached to like five or six. Puff, think about it. You got you to gotta struggle to get to like eight names right. for us. It's a struggle. And that's a problem. So the more that people kind of adapt this understanding and level of attempt within gaining information, I think the more we'll see doors just fly open. I agree. I agree. That's where I'm at with it now. We've learned how precious life is, I think, since this pandemic and, 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 and friends and family we've lost and celebrities we've lost. Absolutely. September 1st, 2019, you were in a bad car accident. Uh, talk to us about that day and the experience and what you learned from it. Uh, I mean, it's the day I almost died, but the day I woke up, mm. right? Like, that's when the priorities changed. That's when life was different, you know. Uh, are you valuing the right things? Do you really value the correct things? And the correct things, of course, are your loved ones, your 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 family. And there's moments where you overlook that because you're so caught up into the job, the money, the success, mm-hmm. and you sometimes make your family secondary to all the moves that you got to make out here. The accident slash pandemic is the longest I've ever sat down in my life. But it's the best time that I've ever had because I got to see what matters the most. And the value that came from that was prioritizing them and their needs in a way that I never have. And I think this is the beauty of getting old, right? The beauty of getting older is, yo, I'm going to step in a lot of shit. I'm going to mess up a lot of shoes. And that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that. I don't I don't live in this world of false reality of perfection. And I think somewhere the lines, I talked about this before, the lines have gotten blurred in today's time. Like, you know, people are searching for that thing. That it don't exist. I'm fine with my fuck ups. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with with every last one of them. Yep. And I love what comes from it because the person that you are and the conversations and stories that I'm able to share with this group of, of four. These fucking four people that look at me like, yo, dad, that's dad. Like, I'm able to share some shit, good, bad, ugly, that can hopefully put them in position to do the right thing in life. And even if they don't, they'll be fine because I know that I'm doing my job and owning shit when I do it, learning from shit when I can, educating myself when it's free, being okay with being flawed. Showing that it's okay to get better. All of the things that we struggle with in life, if I can be a product of that and be a better display to them, I take that every day of the week. Mm -hmm. The accident, that was the light bulb of making sure that I'm doing that correctly. Mm -hmm. Because when you want to go, you want to go, you come back and it's movie night, you mistake that as parenting sometimes. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's Tuesday. 
We eating dinner. Everybody at the table. You got two hours and everybody ate. You mistake that as parenting. The pandemic was, you know, you're you're in it. Got real. Uh-huh. Kids was fucking home every day. Uh-huh. Every goddamn day was a conversation. So, you know, I took a I took a lot of good out of it. And, you know, it's unfortunate that it had to come that way. But I, I take those messages from that big man upstairs, however they come. That was a message that I needed to hear. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Talk to us about your 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 health and fitness, your workout routine, and uh, boss, Everly, someone who trains both of us, there goes your coffee. Um, the relationship you have with him, too, because I think that's such a special. He's a great dude. I've been training with him for a few years now, but you took it to another level. Talk to us about that. I can say with Boss. I've been trying to get Jack in there. He won't come fuck with us, but I've been boss, trying to come boss, You know what Boss is? Boss is a friend, a brother who took an opportunity of training and, and brought value to me in a space that I never saw value coming. All of my health and wellness success, all of the business that's come from that, the money that's been made, Ronald Boss Everline has led the charge and has been a major part of that. The the idea of working out and getting in shape, Boss. The consistency of why and the conversations that come with it in the morning and it being bigger than just the workout, it being something for the mind too, Boss. The idea of 
financial health and financial fitness. Combining the two, if we can get you in shape over here, we can get you in shape over here. Boss. Chase, Nike, boss, boss. Me, Fabletics, the success from Fabletics, the creative that comes with me now is Fabletics, uh, the face of men's, and our growth is insane. What we're doing, me and boss. Mm-hmm. The idea of comfort mixed with athleisure, the ability to make the decision of just being better for yourself, me and boss. Boss's idea, man. Hey, we don't want to reach all these people that want to be great. Kev, you can reach these people right here that just don't know like that they can or that they should. That's who I message and go to. Mm. Boss. Boss is a valuable asset of creativity. And he's turned into an amazing businessman. And that's my brother. We done, we done been through it. We done, we done threw blows. We done argued to the to the to the to the top, mm. to the top level of, of arguing. But I would not have it any other way. That's your brother. When you talk about Heartbeat Ventures, Boss, I mean, Boss now sits on boards at some of the biggest companies. I won't put his business out there too much. Boss sits on some of the biggest boards that you would not even imagine. I am a, I am a, Haley, what's my position at, at Hydro? I'm a creative director uh, for Hydro, right? Who amazing partners of mine. We have a role machine and we're doing great business. These opportunities come and have came because of boss. Because of boss. Advisory boards, health and wellness, like it's insane. But because of the knowledge that I've gained from that man and the partnership that we've created, he's become more than just a trainer. He's now a business partner. He is a, he is a real asset to this ecosystem that I have. And he's done a great job, you know. I, I can only, I can only credit him for creating the opportunity that he now has because it wasn't given. I didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. He found the lane, showed me what we could do, and we started to do it. And the rewards came from it. So, shout out to uh, Hall, aka uh, Wrecked Ralph. You ever see Wrecked Ralph? Yeah. yeah. Look at Wrecked Ralph, then look yeah. at Ball's face. <laughs> he said, look at his face. I'm gonna, call him, I'm gonna call him that <laughs> shit tomorrow. <laughs> Best course side store as a fan watching the game. And interacting Shit. with a player. I got a lot. Best one? <laughs> I say one that backfired. Hardens is, is pretty you, 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 you are known sideline troll. Talk. Yeah. I should talk. They, yeah, by the way, none of them well. None of them went in my favor. None of them in your favor? Uh, Harden and Philly. Harden gave me 50. He didn't get a six. <laughs> 50. He gave me 50 and, and, and said to me, said to me directly, I'm going to give him fucking 50 because you won't shut up. Fuck out of here. Gave us 50. Uh, D Wade in the playoffs, second half, gave us 27. I did that. I'm responsible for that. Um, I'm definitely responsible responsible for for that. that. No, I definitely am. The biggest one is uh, we we are in the playoffs against the Celtics. It's a road game. I fly to Boston. You know, this is the year we're supposed to get it done. Like, this is the year where. You know, I'm 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 very hyped that we're gonna get it done. Uh this is when Kawhi and the Raptors, they his was the last second shot. So you got Jimmy on the team yes. that year? Man. Go to Boston. Motherfucking Celtics we blowing them out. Killing. I'm talking shit to Celtics fans. Shut up. Everybody shut up on course. Now, that's right. Boston sucks. I'm I'm going at it. They're, they <laughs> booing me. Boo. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> going at it. 
second half game just keep getting closer and closer. What's going on, man? Come on, man. Y'all got come on, man. Y'all got to do something. <laughs> the crowd, the crowd starts saying, fuck Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Kevin Hart. Fuck Kevin Hart. You know, they even came back, got the lead. I'm like, that's enough. Like, come on, man. Seriously. <laughs> At some point, it got to the point where I was like, I don't feel safe walking out of here. I need to leave early. <laughs> I go to get up. It's like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. I go to get up, walk out. Boom! <laughs> fuck Kevin Hart. <laughs> whole whole arena was saying, fuck Kevin Hart. I was like, well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop going to the games for a minute. Just let this cool off. I don't want this to stick to me. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, then I, I didn't go to a playoff game for a minute because I'm superstitious. So I was like, I'm going I'm to I'm stick out of it for a minute. And then I, I ended up going back, man. And I just can't help. I got to talk shit. I have to talk shit, especially because I know all the players. Mm-hmm. I got to talk shit. Mm-hmm. And I kill them, too. I kill them. Carmelo, I've, I've definitely hit Carmelo. I told Carmelo he had prosthetic legs. Uh, <laughs> uh, who who else have I hit hard? AD, I've hit Ron AD got you hard. Good when he took your drink out your hand and gave it to Drake. Gave it to Drake. Yeah, Drake that was that's all. All Star Game is fun though. Drake I, it's not malicious. Yeah, he, I'm not <laughs> malicious at the All Star Game. It's a good time. It's yeah. it's a real good time at All Star. Regular season, if it's I'm real. there, it's real. Yeah, I'm 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 coming at you. You're in game mode. I'm saying I'm saying everything I can. I, I feel like I'm out there on the court. These count. Yeah, these count. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hitting you with real. You gonna laugh because you don't see him coming. Uh, I told AD his eyebrows was a headband. Um, <laughs> Harden, uh, <laughs> I said Harden. <laughs> I, I said Harden is on hormone pills. Look at his chest. You know this is when he was a little bigger. He's a little bigger. He's on hormone pills. <laughs> Check him now. Uh, I just I just throw out the shit. Draymond, Draymond, I'll go back and forth with. Draymond can talk some shit back though. Yeah. Draymond's Draymond's fun. How much shit you gonna talk this year though with your team? Real quick, thoughts on Ben Simmons. And then <laughs> in that situation, because you're a big Philly I'm fan. Big Philly so. fan. I, I have great thoughts on Ben Simmons. I'll say this on record. Ben Simmons is a fucking star. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, man, we're a different, we're a different city. Y'all boo Santa and, Claus. Yeah, man. We there's I saw Philadelphia, a friend of mine, the guy I'm talking about, Big J, that you try to talk shit out. His real name is Jay Ogerson. Uh Big J used to have a joke about a dog that's at the that after you sweet after yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I said Big his full J. name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh Jay used to have this joke where he was at a football game and halftime, the guy got a frisbee. He just throwing it. The dog just supposed to be catching the frisbee. Dog dropped it a couple of times. They start booing the fucking dog. <laughs> it's a dog. They don't play. Philadelphia in is just a different city, mm-hmm. man. And you know, look, you you gotta let players play like they play. Like like he got there by playing how he plays. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is a a three shooting time in the NBA. That ain't Ben. He's not that guy. Right. He's not that guy. Now, because of the media and how they, you know, position things, well, somehow we forgot about all the good that he did. Wasn't he an all-star? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he all defensive team? team? All defense, right? 100 plus million Like, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? So, you know, you get to this stage in the playoffs where the lights are on. I understand it. People don't want nothing but results, and that results should come in a win. But I'm telling you guys, as a point guard, that man stands at 6'10". As a 6'10 point guard, if you're telling me that that's not a valuable asset, then I don't, I don't know basketball. I mean, I know him. 
I think he's young. He's a great dude. He's got a great fucking future and a great career ahead of him. And for him, this is nothing but a time to bear down and and each year show progressing. But you can't not. I don't like that in this time today, we forget. We forget so fast. Oh, so, man. Come on, man. We forget so fast. Like, that's what this generation prized himself on. Oh, what? Hmm? When? What, what do you mean, when? He's. Do you know what all defensive team is? Do you know what that means? Do we know what an all-star or what it takes to become an all-star? Thanks. Do we do we understand that or do we just throw it out the window? Mm-hmm. I don't think with him you you do that. And I think, you know, granted, they're saying that he wants out. I don't know. I've talked to him, so I'm not going to put business out there. But wherever he goes, wherever he ends up, Ben Simmons is a fucking star. Mm-hmm. And, and whoever gets that goddamn, that fucking potential... And that beast of a man, oh well, you're gonna you're gonna see the bang for your buck. Right. Uh, you know, for us, I think we still got we still got strength. We still got prime time fucking heat. You know, uh, Joel is Joel Embiid. He's the best fucking big man in the league. Yep. I love Tobias. Uh, I love the role of these came in and presented and played. I'm curious to see if Ben goes, who we will bring and 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 try to pick up, but. You know, Doc Rivers, as a coach, he's going to get you to the places where you got an opportunity, right? We're going to have an opportunity. Uh, I think the question are, what are the other pieces that we're going to add to this particular puzzle? But I'm a Sixers fan regardless. I'm a Ben Simmons fan regardless. And I know the city of Philadelphia is very tough. Uh, we're hard on on all. Mm-hmm. Not some, but all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not like anybody can say they're a stranger to it. You know, you can go... To the greatest that have come from my city, they've all heard the conversation in miles of Philadelphia fans. Right. Iverson mm-hmm. has heard the conversation of Philadelphia right. fans. I mean, yeah. it it's what we are built and known for. Um, I just wish him the best and I hope that wherever his his next opportunity is, is the right one for him. Mm-hmm. So I think he's talented Definitely. as well. Definitely. Shout yeah. out Ben. Definitely talented. Quick hitters, last few questions. First thing to come to mind, let us know. Uh, top five comedians of all time, in your opinion. Top five comedians of all time. Um, Eddie Murphy, in no particular order. Yep. Eddie Murphy, uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, um, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I'm going to say my last one. Damn, I think I'm going to have to give my last one to... I'm going to say Bernie Mac. And the reason why I'm going to say Bernie Mac is because Bernie Mac, it was it was a toss-up between Bernie Mac and Martin Lawrence. Bernie Mac made vulgar innocent. Mm-hmm. As vulgar, as angry as it came mm-hmm. off, well said. there was a level of innocence to it, right? And in his prime, what I would hope that people will remember most is the true subject of what he was talking about. He was talking about his love for these kids, these kids. that he took in. Mm-hmm. Stepsister on drugs and all of this shit. It all had a dark tone to it, but it all centered around love. his love mm-hmm. for these things. So I think it's a it's an unbelievable talent when you can mirror the two and pull a wall over a crowd's eyes to not see the true genius in what you're doing. And in those subjects that he talked about, he... He was just, he, he's the only one that I think could have pulled that off. I, and the reason why it's like Martin is right there, Martin, 
I talked to Martin on uh, on my podcast, and I made Martin aware of Martin is the reason for the comedic stars of yesterday and the day before, and some that are still able to be stars now. And what Martin and Russell Simmons did was create an environment where a simple arm around the shoulder mm. or a simple come back out here it does so much meant that you were the fucking guy. A simple, nah, nah, nah. Come here, man. Y'all give it up again for my boy. Mm-hmm. Martin saying that you are his boy. Stamped you. It, it it gave you all the credentials that you ever needed. Yeah, yeah. So Martin Lawrence's alignment with comedy and these people that we all are so invested in, you know, is surreal. I, that It's one of the biggest things for me in my career is like, damn, I love where I am, but the the comedy moments that I was around for in the beginning of my career, but I was never able to do because of where I was. It's like, damn, if I got to, if I got to see any of that, it would be, it would be ridiculous. And I'm just going to, I'll say one more because I got to put the attachments to it. The way I fucking think. Chappelle's operating at a different level right now. Mm-hmm. Chappelle is now operating at a different frequency that we've never seen in comedic talent. He is becoming a freedom of speech advocate while still being funny, while being as controversial as you can be, while not doing TV or movies, Hmm. and only doing what he wants to do. He only does what he wants to do. Stand up on his terms, his fucking time, his place. His backyard. His backyard. Dave is now (laughs) bringing the comedians of comedians to Ohio, Mm -hmm. the middle of nowhere, into what he feels is the best and safest place for comedy. It's groundbreaking what he's doing. It'll never be duplicated. You'll never fucking see it again. Because there's only one person that has the ability to be loved by every person in this fucking craft to say, I got to go fuck with Dave. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's on a different frequency. Chris Rock is up there because it's consistency. Once again, people fucking forget, you overlook. Can't be a stand up comic without constantly recreating yourself. I'm talking about Chappelle because he recreates himself, right? Look at this list. Well, when you talk about material on how much are people giving you new versions of it? How many specials are you really seeing from these comics? How many? How many are they putting out? Good, not good, whatever. What's the attempt in recreation? That's what I envy. Not doing what you know works. What's the fucking attempt in doing the thing that you think could work again? Chris Rock. Fucking Chappelle comes to new hours, new content, whatever, well, we're going to get in there. May work, may not, but we're not afraid to box. That's why I go. That's why my list goes there. Mm. It's a great answer, by the way. Fucking <laughs> well explained. Yeah, fucking well explained. Well explained. It's a great answer. I don't think anyone's course, ever explained their answer as well as you just did. <laughs> if you could sit course side of any game in history, what would it be? Which mm. one would it be? Any game in history? Mm-hmm. Um... I would say when Kobe had 81 against the Raptors, so I could just talk to Jalen. Right. He said just to talk to Jalen. I just want to talk to Jalen during that process. Like, 
Like, how'd you get eight? Like, well, when you when you going into these timeouts, like, at what point? Like, when? <laughs> I would have wanted you to have the seat right next to the visitor yeah, bench. Yeah, I just want to know when. Like, when did y'all stop addressing it? And when did the team at any point? <laughs> like, it, like was it a was it a ten point check in like at fifty? Like, come on, y'all, seriously. Like, yo, we got to get bodies on them. And at sixty. What the fuck are we doing? Are we gonna fight him tonight? Like, what are we doing? Are we guys? Foul him? What are we At doing? this point, I would love to have been just there. Cause I just to hear. I would just wanna wanna hear the players. Cause at that point, the confidence of everybody around you, it just keeps going down. It just keeps <laughs> it going down. <laughs> it just keeps going down. I, I would say that. The the game where he gave 81 to the Raptors. RP Bean. Mm, rest in peace. 60. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing when you come back? What are you saying to your teammates? At that point, the the yelling is over with the you gotta help. Yeah, yeah. That's done. <laughs> That's done. That only lasts until twenty eight thirty. Y'all not helping. He coming off the screens. He pop. Y'all got to You gotta be there. All right. At twenty eight thirty, you. That's very valid. It's valid. At sixty seventy, somebody not doing their job. At sixty, is anybody guarding him? Like, no. are y'all even trying? No, somebody not doing their job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad at that point. If you could be remembered for one of your own jokes, which one would it be? And why? One of my own jokes, I'll say the best, in my in my opinion, the best joke that I that I think I've told, I think it's about my uncle, my uncle Richard Jr. Uh the whole run of say it with your chest. Oh little, yeah. Little ass nigga, bitch. Yeah. Like the whole run of him getting out of jail, peel your muffin cap blue, all of that, all of those that yeah. just run of jail jargon. Yeah. Uh that he came home <laughs> with. It's a it's a very true, it's a very like what very show was that? Because I watched that was in the stadium. That was, that was seriously funny. Say it with your chest. Shit. Mine was the my favorite was the, the battle rap. Battle rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody gonna die. That's when you know what's crazy, man? That's when like that's when you in that shit. Like your your material is different because you in it. You right. you're around that shit. You're around that like the, the first off, I kill niggas. Yeah, first first off, before I say anything, I kill niggas. <laughs> I slay <laughs> niggas that don't love it. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> you around that? Like, you do you understand the comedy? That's why, yo, I have such an appreciation for, you know, the this this the the this generation of comics. You know, Country Wayne, Desi Banks, like these guys that are doing comedy, but also the viral videos, the sketches. Yeah. Like, you know, they they're creating this new wave. Of of funny plus funny, right. right? It's like here here goes some jokes and stand up, but I'm engaging my audience by giving them these sketches and bits. But they're in it, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like they they're they're in that energy, and when you when you see it, dude, I love it. I love it because I I fucking remember it. Like mm -hmm. you you got endless material when you around when you're around that group, you're around those guys. You're around those girls. You, you, after the place, you at the Waffle House, you here, you traveling, you, you got all that. You got all that. That's, that's the best place for comedians to be in the mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. If you in the shit. Right in the middle of it. Oh my God. You're funniest. You're yeah. funniest fucking forever. Yeah. 
That's dope. <laughs> Dream actor or actress you've yet to work with that you hope to work with? I've yet to work with Denzel. Mm-hmm. Y'all look alike a little bit. I would I would love the 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 Denzel opportunity. You know, I got a I got something called True Story coming out. I got to work with Wesley Snipes. That was oh, that was a West. little insane. It's a it's it's a thriller, some serious shit. But working just working with Wesley was kind of crazy. I would say Denzel, uh, and you know, the the biggest opportunity for me. Comedians are so like, it's probably the most ego-driven fucking hub in entertainment because it's all about who's who. I mean, you're witnessing in music now, like with this whole the Drake and Kanye Mm -hmm. shit, right? Like for some reason, people just can't coexist and be good. Right, everybody can't be great. Yeah, like the 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 conversation is always about one or the other. But yeah, it's. It's nobody just sees the vision and understanding and how dope certain things would be if they did mm. coexist, mm-hmm. right? If if they, oh my God, what would that joint album? Oh my God, what would that song? Oh shit, what would, people don't think like that. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. So Harlem Nights, I've, I've been talking about together. this for a long time. You know, Harlem Nights, you're looking at a movie that is forever... For for forever, forever watchable, based off of the legendary talent in it, mm-hmm. we've yet to to truly see a full a full machine that embraces it. It was you had uh, attempts that that were funny, but not but not full within talent. Um, Roscoe Jenkins family reunion. I remember Martin had Monique. He had Mike Epps. Uh, I think it's like one more comedian in there. I'm dropping the ball. Set. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had like Chris Rock when he did Death at the Funeral. You had Tracy Morgan. It was mm-hmm. him. I had a cameo. But it, it, you haven't seen the thing where like Friday, Cube did a lot of the comedians and you saw what that movie was. Mm-hmm. But that movie can't come together again because comedians can't get on the same page. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I should. I need. I like. There's. It's impossible. If the world of could get done ever presented itself, and you know people put the bullshit aside, that's the dream job. That's the dream opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, not Harlem Nights, but our version yeah, of that. Because you can't yeah. redo Harlem mm-hmm. Nights. You can't. You can't make that movie again. Um, rest in peace to to Chadwick Boseman. You know, before um, he passed away, we were talking about redoing Uptown Saturday Night, mm-hmm. and we were talking about putting this like we were we were putting on it. Me and Chad, we were, we were in it. You know, if you if you watched the the documentary, don't fuck this up. He was in it, but we were this was happening. Like we were engaged, but I was expressing to him like, dude, this is this is what I want to do to do it. I need I need a you to help me pull it off. I need the credibility within the main character. And we were we were in it. But the goal was to put all these black fucking legends in this thing and, and do this thing so that this generation, the generation before, can have a thing right. after the thing. And it just doesn't seem like that code is going to get cracked. Mm. And I've been trying to crack it. I've been, I've been trying to crack it. And finding the material, finding the right thing, uh, but it just, you know, it just doesn't seem to happen. Egos, egos are real. And, yeah. you know, when, when I think 
everybody realizes that we can all be fucking dope in our own way. It ain't about being doper than the next one or operating in the land of yourself and being the king. Like, you, you can... It's about success. Right. That's what this is about. For me, at the end of the day, it's about the numbers. That's what I look at. Mm-hmm. What do the numbers say at the end of the day? If we can generate great numbers and we all can have... Together? That's... What are you talking about? It's, it's enough for everybody out here. Enough. Too. Enough. Mm-hmm. So that would be my dream job. And... uh. For an actress working with Angela Bassett, I've yet to work with Angela Bassett. That would be dope. Yeah. The new version of Hall of Knives. That would be crazy. You know, that's it. That's mine. If you could have one guest on All the Smoke, who would it be? But you have to help us with your guest, with your answer. Will Ferrell. <clears throat> I got to be here when y'all do it? No. Just no, you have to be. You got to help for Oh, you gotta, oh. Got to help you guys to get somebody. Get them oh. on here. Put a word. Will um, who Will Ferrell? <clears throat> or The Rock. Jay-Z. <laughs> uh... I'm trying to think who who would do it. Like, wouldn't bullshit y'all and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm trying to like, big who, time, right? yeah, like, cause it ain't it ain't big time. He's like, who the people that really understand the true value, yeah. in the show. Like, I'm not I'm not here as a favor. Like, I'm a, I'm a fan. Appreciate that. The, the show was fucking great. You guys do an amazing job of of engaging with the guests, and I love the shit that comes out of the guests, especially when y'all get. You know, the the people that have played basketball and that are retired and mm-hmm. that are sharing stories, it's fucking great. If you guys, if, if it was real help of who would actually come on, I think you guys need a lover of basketball. Adam Sandler. Ooh, that like would that. be dope. And the reason why I say that because Adam really loves basketball. Mm-hmm. He actually so, wanted so, us to play in a little movie he, he's shooting out in Philly. I, I, I wanted to do it too. Adam, Adam, I think Adam would be a great guest. Loves the game oh, of basketball. And I'm willing yeah. to bet he's more than... Aware of the of the podcast, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet. Good call. That's a dope answer. That's what I would say. Well, that's a wrap. All right, Kevin Hart. This was kick good. off season three, man. We appreciate your time. Best of luck in all your endeavors, fatherhood, <laughs> business, making yeah. us laugh. Yes, man. A lot of lot of we, shit. We uh, really appreciate you, man. A lot of shit, guys. True story. I yeah. will be announcing that date soon. Uh, doing a movie called Me Time Now with uh Mark Wahlberg for Netflix. Um, also Heart to Heart. Make sure you check that out. That's on Peacock. Uh, Shouts out to Snoop, who we discovered some gold with within yeah. Olympic highlights. Yeah, look for last, look for yeah. more things from me and Snoop because we figured that out now as well. I say my my co-host, my my broadcasting buddy, also Celebrity Game Face, another show that I host uh, on E. I'm finding joy in in doing the things where I can bring talent together. So you know, for I mean, it's the truth. Don't tell him what I got going on now. Yeah, he he acts a little bit. He's he's been acting a little bit. Keep me in mind. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> hey, the face yeah, he nice. gave. Oh, oh, that's dope. Oh, nice. no, that's real. That's dope, man. That's dope. <laughs> hey, but on some real shit before we get out of here, man, we, we really just want to thank you because I know we live in a generation where we don't really show too much appreciation for stars and, 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 and legends to be. And, uh, you know, I saw you have to check some people the other day on Instagram. And it's just, I don't think we, we're so caught up in throwing negativity out. We don't appreciate greatness when it's around us. So we definitely want to show you your love and your flowers man because you've been great you keep keep making the world laugh it, and keep being you man because we need we need it hey listen i i appreciate you i think uh from the bottom you know, to the top the 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 times are just different now and and i'm really big on creating those opportunities for you know this this next wave the, right. mm-hmm. the next generation when i say that's a priority it's a priority that's the whole reason behind the production company 
uh, all the other entities. It's about understanding what good IP is and finding the right talent to be a part of it. You know, I'm I'm very happy with what I've done, with where I am. And you, once again, you got to find the new, the new energy. And I think that new energy is in the new. So, you know, I still do things and I still figure it out for myself when and where, from movies to TV, but those projects will be different. And stand up, I'll do when I figure out what it is and what I want. But I love the idea of new stars. I love the idea of fresh new talent. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of supporting. And if anything, if you take anything from me and and when I talk, how I talk, what I talk about, dude, it's about it's about the fucking world of opportunity. More importantly, being there for so many, but information is is all that sometimes needed. Mm-hmm. So that that freedom of support, that fucking open level of yo, I love this person, love this person. Hopefully that shit get contagious and people see that it's real. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm about. So you know, uh, as this business and all these things grow, I, I hope that we're talking about the talent that launched from it, the 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 opportunities that came for so mm-hmm. many from it that are opening up other doors and doing more things. Love it. Well, that's a wrap. The opening of season three with the one and only Kevin Hart. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube in the iHeart platform, Black Effects. See y'all next week. Shout out to Plastic Cup Boys, too. Shout out to that batch of unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> this is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.